This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Across the U.S. with a lot of signs saying justice for Tyree. And we're talking about Tyree Nichols' death, what happened in Memphis, and what ultimately will happen to that unit that is getting disbanded that uh, was responsible for the death of Tyree Nichols and the outrage and the outpouring of trying to do something through a GoFundMe page. Well, over a million dollars has been raised there. The debt limit, no answers to that. And where we're getting the money to pay those bills once we hit June, unless somebody comes up with some sort of a compromise. And we have two teams that are left going to the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, everybody. Kate Delaney. Thanks for hanging with us on this show. So it's been a wild weekend. A lot of dialogue for sure over Tyree Nichols. And if you don't know the story, the story is so incredibly, incredibly sad. Uh, Looking at the mother of Nichols and hearing her speak and five Memphis police officers charged with beating her son, which, by the way, Tyree Nichols, a black man, the officers all black. And she says... It's just compounding the sorrow as she tries to cope with his violent death at 29 years old. And this widely viewed video of the Nichols beating has become part of the conversation now as to what happened here. The Memphis Police Department has about 2,000 officers, 58% black. There were, this is the result of decades and decades of efforts to field a police force that resembles the population, which is 64% black. And in this case, they um, talk about a special unit that was formed to do what they could do to shut down some of the best way to describe to shut down some of the violent situations that were were happening, the Scorpion unit, which emerged as Memphis was trying to get tough on on crime, and now they're talking about whether it was just flawed from the 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 start. They looked at homicide numbers that were rising and rising and rising. They were watching. Drivers buzz crazily fast through the streets at late at night and reckless besides reckless driving, uh, violent uh, offenders of all sorts. And so they came up with the Scorpion unit to restore basically is street crimes operation to restore peace in our neighborhoods. And the idea was deploying 40 officers as a strike team in some of the more volatile corners of 
the the city. But now you have the arrest and killing of Tyree Nichols, the video footage that was released that showed, and this is what happened when he was stopped, the officers kicked and punched and used a baton to beat him as he pleaded with them to let him go. And then he died a couple of days um, later after that. So as the city was touting this team, which these these police officers were all part of as a key to their crime fighting strategy, promoting it, promoting it uh, because of the amount of murders. The To give you an idea, Memphis recorded more than 300 murders in 2021. By comparison, it's a small city. New York City, our biggest city, 13 times larger, had fewer than 500, right? So um, the video footage like i keep saying has drawn a lot of um shock i think over what people are seeing and trying to figure out how is this this pullover lead ultimately to to this so you know a traffic stop ending up this way and there's just more and more debates about that the punching the kicking you know the things that uh that happened and the police say look we stopped him on the night of january 7th on suspicion of reckless driving and um they now the the chief told nbc that the department was unable to find evidence for why he had been stopped and video showed officers surrounding his car at an intersection cursing at him pulling him out of the driver's side door and he was speaking kind of calmly and trying, well, calmly from what I saw, trying to de-escalate the situation. They continued to yell at him, beat him like I described. He was taken to the hospital in critical condition, then died three days later. And the autopsy found that he suffered extensive bleeding caused by severe beating. So as they were building up this crime unit, now these all of these officers are part of the crime unit, and it comes back to that same thing. What do they do? So Memphis police disband the unit whose officers were charged in that death. Very sad all the way around in this, uh, gosh, in this story. What, what, a, what do you do when your city is riddled with crime, and what uh led to that particular unit that was having some success to spiral the way that it did it's a big win for philadelphia they beat san francisco 31 to 7 they claim the nfc championship title as for the philly beating san francisco uh it was one of those games where san francisco also suffered terrible injuries losing their quarterback to an elbow injury, then the the uh, the fourth quarterback on the roster to come in, then he gets hurt. So then you go back to Brock Purdy, who was chosen last in the draft, the rookie quarterback, the sensation, who was playing with uh, with a hurt elbow. So they could not get done what they had hoped to get done, and Philadelphia took advantage of it. So 
fair and square, they end up going to the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes leads the Kansas City Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. He was hampered, too. He had a high ankle sprain. You could tell. You could see him limping a little bit in a couple of things that happened on the field. But uh, the Chiefs did what they had to do, and they got over the hump because Cincinnati had had their number in the past, but the jinx is done. They go to the Super Bowl with an exciting, thrilling finish at the end. A kick is just a kick until it goes through with three seconds left. And uh, that was it for the Bengals, and the Chiefs move on. So, again, our biggest game in this country where millions of people tune in, millions and millions and millions of people, usually some of the highest ratings of anything on the tube or, of course, streaming, that uh, is all set to happen, not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. Where will you be watching the Super Bowl? Stay with us coming up. we got some great authors and a conversation about what's happening in the world of entertainment. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Kate Delaney fan page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. 
at Kate Estelani. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. a little of uh, that but entertainment wise it's interesting because a lot of january is about getting back to whatever your routine is or new routines are or resolutions that you made and big goals and dreams and you get it that's what people do when the ball drops and the champagne flows and you notice that there, you drive by movie theaters and it seems like the parking lots are, are pretty full, more than usual, I think. So Avatar, The Way of Water, number one spot on the domestic box office charts for the seventh week in a row, an additional $15.7 million. So there, this is $2.1 billion. I mean, it's gross that much so far. And it uh, it passed Star Wars, the latest Star Wars, The Force Awakens, anyway, to become the fourth highest grossing film of all time. Wow. What's crazy is that James Cameron, this guy that directed it, has directed of the four highest grossing films of all time. He's directed three of them. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to go to his Super Bowl party. Imagine what they serve there. <laughs> Money is no object. Just come, just show up. And it took a long time to come up with this second um, sequel. I guess I'll call it the sequel of Avatar. But sure enough, it has people curious enough that they're willing to go and sit through three plus hours by the time it's all said and done. I have not seen it yet. And part of the reason is it's because I'm too busy to spend, and I, I like movies, it's a great escape, but to spend that much time in the in the theater. And so it, it, I haven't seen it. To give you a full non-cheap movie review of this one, but it's released all over the place and people are digging it. Of course, younger people, but not just younger people, because there are people of all ages that saw the original Avatar and want to come back, I think, for that sequel. It has that appeal. And they're talking about maybe three more avatars, you know, doing three more of these and maybe even more than that. And of course, that's the deal in Hollywood, right? If you make a little money on on a, whatever the project is and you know you have the audience, it's like Marvel and the theory of the superheroes, that's what you're going back to. It, going back to it, going back to it, going back to it because it works. So because it works, that's exactly what you can expect to see probably, you know, more and more and more and more of, uh, of these. There's a lot of interest in 
Prince Harry and Prince Harry's book Spare and he and his uh, former actress wife, Meghan Markle, who did a six part series on Netflix. And here we are in America. And it's like my somebody brought it up where I was watching the NFC championship game today. And it's like my brother said, do we in America, do we care about the Royals? Are, is that relevant? But it must be somewhat relative, you know, relatable, relative or interesting. I don't know how it's relatable, but interesting to people because Spare has just raked in the dough. I mean, people can't get enough of this book. You know, he earned, it was announced like in 2021 that he was going to publish a memoir with Penguin Random House and that the sales were going to charity and that he was going to get at least 20 million. He was going to get advance of like 20 uh, million. This is a long book because I was sent a copy of it. 416 pages. Now, it is in audio, too, right? So he reads it in his own voice. He reads it. And it's gotten kind of mixed reviews, generally speaking. Some praise his openness. Some were critical of too many personal uh, details. But Spare, according to the Guinness World Records, has become the fastest-selling nonfiction book of all time of all time. So do you think the publishers think that they bet on the right on on the right prince to do to do the memoirs of him of of Harry and of course they have. So there is interest in the royals because somebody is buying these books or they wouldn't be selling them the way they're selling them and who knows how many printings ultimately they'll have. I mean, the major theme throughout the book is his resentment of being the spare, of being the the spare heir. And most of the chapters are about his life, his education, working in the royal family, working royal, I guess, the British army, which, hey, he, he did do that legitimately. There's no question. And he talks about that, which is, that part is fascinating. His relationship with his parents and brother and wife and all the things that happened uh, there and a lot about his mother and her death and things that he did, his deployment, like I mentioned, to Afghanistan, detailing the tours of duty in Afghanistan. He flew on six missions that killed 25 Taliban members, uh, that kind of thing. So the is it relevant I don't know. I mean, is it interesting to people? Yes, because of the sales. I mean, you judge it by that. And and that's the thing. I mean, isn't when we measure entertainment, especially, there is a scoreboard. There is a score like everything in life, right? There is a scoreboard and we saw it with Avatar, which I mentioned, and we see it with the how many of the 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 spare books are are being sold and and uh, you know, the answer is it's off the charts, as I said, I, to, to be the best non-selling, the fastest-selling non-fiction book that certainly tells you uh, 
something there. And, and there must be a fascination with it. There certainly is the interest. There was the interest for Avatar as well. I mentioned the football games. I hear people say, you know, we do a sports segment here, and I always have people interested in that, even if they're, even if they're not super interested in sports, they'll say, oh, I like the man cave. I, I like to hear the things that are happening, and I, I like my hometown team, even though I'm not a huge football fan or whatever it is. But um, there's no question that the NFL is a huge draw. It's like the Super Bowl. We're getting ready for the, the Super Bowl, and how many people watch, how many people will watch the Super Bowl? And the answer is it's phenomenal, the amount of people. Early projections for this game that will pit the Chiefs against the Eagles, they're suggesting that more than uh, 120 million people will watch the game. And then, you know, you look back on previous Super Bowls and how many how many people uh, watch those Super Bowls, and the numbers usually continue to increase or be pretty pretty high, and they're well over that, that mark that I said, you know, then that 100 million mark or close to the 100 uh, million mark. And, you know, the third most watched Super Bowl was Super Bowl 50, where the Denver Broncos beat the Panthers 24 to 10, 111 million plus plus plus. That was back in uh, 2016. So of course the money flows there because the Super Bowl ads cost a fortune to get the 30 or 60 second ads. <laughs> Because they're not going to sell them for nothing because they know they're going to get the eyeballs. And that is entertainment, isn't it? It absolutely is. What sells? What sells and what people are interested in is kind of a microcosm, I think, of society. And then everybody's different as, as to what they prefer. But the big chunks of pie are always going to get the most attention, right? Always, 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 always. And that's the reason when we look at the NFL, the reason you look at how many people place bets, uh, the reason why we argue about legalized gambling. And then we see how now this is this is starting to happen in different places. Uh, there are more casinos that are popping up, but there are more... Will they take the sports books? Will they take that action? Or is it more still the bookies? And the answer to that is, no, there's ways that you can make bets, of course, online. It's just food for thought. Two great authors coming up next. No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural... You must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. 
Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. News update. Give me as president. The emergency authorities shut down the border until it could get back under control. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. You're listening to President Biden on the campaign trail in South Carolina ahead of the Democrat primary, which is coming up on Saturday, February 3rd. He's urging Congress to pass the Senate's bipartisan immigration bill, but it's tied to Ukraine funding. Folks, the bottom line is our economy has grown more in the last six months than it ever did at any point in Trump's entire four years in office. Now the president claims Bidenomics is working, but a new Pew Research poll finds 72% of Americans worried about soaring food prices. Others worried about the cost of a home. I was the guy who sent every one of you those $1,400 checks. Wife Jill Biden campaigning in Columbia, South Carolina as well. Laura Winters, USA News. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain, until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay.
heard him. I know you've seen him. Think of KFC, Colonel Sanders. Think of George Washington crossing the Delaware. Since I grew up in that area, one of my favorites, the Geico commercial. But way more than that, he's been in so many films. He's done so many voices. Jim Meskimen is joining us in just a minute, and he's going to portray Phil Donahue in a new film called Welcome to Chippendales, and it's got an interesting cast, too, a lot of names that you would recognize. And plus, we want to talk to him about TikTok. Five million viewers in five days. Wow. Jim, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Great to talk to you. So let's talk about voices and how you knew you had this gift. How'd you hone that skill? Well, you know, I was a little kid that uh, I grew up in an acting household, so my, it was it was fun to do, uh, considered fun and acceptable and tolerable to do accidents and funny voices and impressions, which I don't think is true in every household, but in our household, it was fine to do it. You know, it was understood, and um, my sister and I used to play around, and my mom is an actress, so she would do... She's very good at accents and, and characters and stuff. So we would, uh, I, it was just something that I learned early on was an avenue of play. And uh, just like other things you do when you're a little kid, you just do it because it's fun. And then, I don't know, you start to put in a lot of hours on it. And <laughs> when I was in my 20s, I realized that I had a little bit of a leg up on, on other performers in that area. So I, I pursued a career in voiceover. Uh, and eventually that grew into an acting career and, uh, you know, and here I am today, many, many years later, still doing the same stuff. That's so great. I've advanced, I've advanced not, not even a yard on the, on the field, but, uh, but it is fun. So, and of course your mom is Marion Ross, Happy Days fame and lots of films that she's been in. And you're right now that as soon as you said that it triggered in me, yes, she's done tons of, of accents. Do you remember the first character, the first person you really nailed that you felt like, oh, I really have this? Oh gosh. Uh, well, you know, I played around with it a lot, but I, th- I think when I was, I, I remember distinctly that, um, when All in the Family was on, and before my voice had changed, I could do a pretty good Edith Bunker. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that sounds pretty good. Uh, so I began to have, to develop confidence that way. And uh, boy, geez, when I grew up in the in the late uh, 60s, early 70s, it was a kind of a golden age of impressionists. We had uh, Rich Little on TV all the time and, and others. Uh, the political voices of the day were always being mimicked by different comedians. And so I, I just, uh, you know, I never had a uh, an idea even in my youth that it would be the sort of thing I would do for a living. But I did appreciate it a lot just as an art form. And I think I, I still understand the magical effect that it has on, on people when you suddenly change into another person very dramatically. And, and you bring that person, like Patrick Stewart, into the room. And uh, whereas he was not there before, he most certainly is now. You know, and that's, that's just a sort of a tool that that's, the audiences are very delighted by. Oh, one of my favorites. I have to ask you about this gaslit. I loved, loved, mm. loved that series. It was wonderful. And you played Senator Gurney. What was that experience like for you? I had a great time. Uh, I was sort of amazed that I got the role. It's a, it was a very big, prestigious, uh, multi, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, limited series on stars with uh, a couple of Oscar winners at the helm. So Julia Roberts, Sean Penn, I got to work with with both of them 
and uh, gosh, it was it was very exciting. The director Matt Ross was excellent, excellent uh, director. He's he's an actor himself, so he knows how to speak to actors in a way that's you know doesn't waste anybody's time. And uh, you know, Sean Penn was under so much prosthetic makeup that I found, which was very artful and beautiful. And if you've seen his his look, it's just extraordinary. Uh, and uh, I, I found that the, the lucky thing about that for me was that I, I was not at all starstruck because Sean Penn was not in the building as far as I was concerned. Wow, what high praise that is because he transformed himself completely. He did, and the great uh, makeup designer, one of the best on the planet today, Kazuhiro, designed that makeup. And I met Kazu back in uh, when we were like 1999 working on The Grinch as he was uh, helping out Rick Baker at that point. So it was a nice, uh, nice reunion to see Kazuhiro. Tell us about uh, the listeners about TikTok and the 5 million views and, and doing that and looping that all together. Well, I'm always looking for new ways to reach people with my content, with my impressions, and just any creative idea I have. I, I'm one of these people that, despite my advanced years, has really uh, adv- uh, uh, embraced uh, social media, particularly YouTube um, and now TikTok, because uh, I love to create all all the time. It's what I it's what I love to do. I, I have, as you can see, I'm in a booth. I I uh, do a lot of sound recordings. I have a little area in the back where I do video recordings, and so TikTok, which I just was scratching my head over for the longest time, uh, I just decided to really kind of hunker down and and. Let's see what could be done. And I was admiring a lot of the work that was done on TikTok, and it frankly makes me laugh a lot. And uh, it's just full of interesting distractions, which, of course, have their upside and downside. But I I started to really just sort of look at what other people who do impressions were doing and taking a stab at it myself. And, uh, yeah, I had it was very exciting a couple weeks ago. I had uh, a video took off pretty good. And uh, it's now at 7.5 million views, that one that we launched less than a month ago. And I picked up a lot of followers, which is nice, you know, and uh, flattering. And hopefully they'll continue to be interested in what uh, nonsense I put out. And then just yesterday we had another one that that went viral. It's at uh, uh, 2 million views. Um, So we have high hopes for that. I'm, you know... I think now people are digesting their entertainment and, and getting it in all sources. Uh, we definitely need a little lift every now and then. You know, life is very serious and grim sometimes. And uh, the upside of, of these platforms like TikTok and Instagram and uh, YouTube is that we can share ideas and aesthetic concepts and fun and humor very swiftly. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, to hopefully help each other over the bumps and uh, sharp stones and edges of life. And, and from the acting voiceover impressionist point of view, and like you say, you're a content curator, besides all the followers you're getting and more people knowing maybe who you are, that has to help too in the business because that's putting you out there and other people may be discovering you and thinking, oh, Jim, that's right. He'd be perfect for this role. Yeah, it's it's possible. I, I I'm planning on that being correct. <laughs> I, I I would like that to be the case. Uh, uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I've had the experience that where you know I go in for like say a commercial audition or something, and and I do the audition, and the director says, "Hey, uh, I love all your stuff on on Instagram." And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's very booing." And then of course, when you don't get the job, you're wondering. <laughs> 
Well, I guess somebody came along that had even more amazing content and more followers. Whatever, you know, in the in the arts and the producers, uh, you know, these the business people, the suits. I think they're always looking for metrics that will support their, uh, you know, their opinion of why someone would be better than another person. So I, I don't think it hurts to have a little bit of of popularity on on a platform. Yeah. How about what's coming up, Phil Donahue? Tell oh, us yeah. about that project. Yeah, so that's a limited series. This is, uh, well, this is my Phil Donahue voice, for better or for worse. This is what I came up with uh, to kind of evoke this uh, very, very revered and uh, uh, respected, um, I don't know what you call him now. Uh, an, he's not an anchor man. He's a guy that would walk up and down and talk to people, just ordinary people and unusual people, like the Chippendales dancers. So this uh, series, uh, which you mentioned, has a lot of a really terrific cast, including my friend Juliette Lewis, is uh, 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 the story of the Chippendales dancers, which which you'd think would be kind of frothy and uh, I don't know, it's silly and lighthearted, and uh, but it's not. It's pretty dark. <laughs> so. Uh, I've not seen the whole thing, so I can't speak to it too much. But when they are introduced to the to America, it is via the the old Phil Donahue show, and they needed somebody to portray Phil Donahue. And I auditioned and got the role, and it was super fun to do. I, I had a great time, and I I've never seen so many Chippendales dancers dancing so long. I, I spent a whole day watching Chippendales dancers going going at it, and uh, and also it was in a big room full of a big set full of of women dressed like it was 1989 and it was gorgeous to see because you know i remember that period and the styles i mean the the makeup department the wardrobe department the hair department they really went went to it you know they went above and beyond and created a room full of screaming you know clutching pawing women that were that looked just like just like 1989 it was it was gorgeous oh i love that you put that image into my head now thank you very much so, <laughs> so you have fun obviously all day long at what you do and you set that that up when you talked about being a kid what else do you do for fun i mean how do you get away from okay i'm not doing any content today i'm just gonna walk on the beach i'm gonna take a breath i've been working on uh getting uh just more physically fit and i've been enjoying it really a lot so i do that and um I'm a visual artist also. I, not to sound like a complete pain in the butt, but I I have been a, a cartoonist and an illustrator and a painter all my life. And that was my first profession and, and the road I really thought I was going to go down until I, you know, caught the acting bug for real. Thank you so much, Jim Meskman. We wish you the best in all your endeavors, and thanks for spending some time with us. My great pleasure. Thank you very much, Kate. I'll see you around. See you. This is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. 
behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. America tonight with me, Kate Delaney, because she's got such an interesting story to tell, and her novels will pull you away. And what do I mean by that? Take you to another place. And isn't that what we want to do when we really dive into a good, good story? So the first book we're going to talk about is Maggie's Bed and Breakfast Story. And then we're going to talk about the book of Scattered Memories. So, Eva, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about your road to writing these novels. Did you, first of all, did you ever think that you were going to be a writer? No, actually, I didn't. This is was kind of a hobby. It gave me something to do. You know, I just kind of, my kids grew up and left the house, and um, I thought it would be fun to write a book, and I found a program online to help me do it, and um, 
that's how I started. <laughs> so it, it's interesting because there is a tie, I think, in your mind to bed, to a Maggie's bed and breakfast story because of you and your sister and kind of dreaming about a bed and breakfast. Tell us about that. Right. I mean, you know, me and my sister, we used to go for walks in the morning and we'd see these big, beautiful homes, you know, and we would joke about, you know, that would be the perfect bed and breakfast. You know, we should just pull our money together and um, buy the place and quit this nine to five job. You know, we both knew we didn't have the money to do it, but, you know, it was a dream, you know, it was a fantasy, but yeah. So, so tell me, so it's interesting now that it's, you know, here it is, the fantasy does play out in the pages. Tell us about Maggie and tell us about the bed and breakfast story. Okay. Um, well, Maggie, um, she's actually starting her life over after she loses her husband to cancer at a young age. Um, before he died, he wanted her to go on and follow their dreams, which was to open up a bed and breakfast. And when he passed, he left her a large insurance policy, you know, so she'd be able to do that. Um, she gets help from her sister and friends, of course, to get the bed and breakfast up and running. Um, Soon after that, her husband's brother comes to take a visit and actually pay his respects to his brother. And he ends up staying at her bed and breakfast to help her out as a handyman. And Maggie starts, you know, having feelings for him, you know, and she's feeling bad about having feelings for him. And it's, it's a mutual thing. Um, then Maggie's mother actually comes back into her life after she had left the girls when, you know, she was about five. At least that's what Maggie thought. But when when she shows up, she finds out that her mother has memocoma. And she didn't actually leave the girls. She actually forgot them and moved on to a whole new life. You know, Maggie never looked for her because she figured, you know, she was left. Um and, of course, she also comes to the realization that this disease is hereditary, and she might get this, you know, mind-erasing disease as well, along with her sisters. Ooh, boy, and there are so many other twists to the story. We don't want to give them all away. Yes. Maggie's <laughs> bed and breakfast is so easy to do because I'm getting, you know, you get pulled into the story. Maggie's bed I and breakfast. Stop talking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever great books are sold. So you have Maggie's bed and breakfast, and then you, you go into your, your other book, The Book of Scattered Memories. Tell us about that. What's that about? Yeah, yeah, this is, you know, of course, part two, and it's kind of a backstory to her mother, and it's all done in in a diary. Um, so, you know, it revolves around her mother's diary, and um, it's like a diary in a box reveals the secrets of the past, and the future that's bound to unfold, which kind of sums it up. Um, she finds her mother's diary after her mother passes away, and, you know, she starts reading this diary. And she decides to read it to herself first before she, you know, brings it to her uh, sister's attention. But while reading this, she discovers things from her mother's past that she wonders if it's real or if it's just a bunch of her mother's scattered memories. And, you know, she she starts reading, like, the first entry, you know, June 1st, 1984. You know, I meet a nice man today fishing. His name is John White. He has a, he has a beautiful little girl, one-year-old girl named Marty. And Maggie just, like, drops a diary because 
all along, Marty was her sister, you know, she, so now she's finding out that Marty's not her sister, you know, and how she was going to tell her sister that they're not really related, you know, and the, the story kind of continues that way. She reads a part of the, the diary that brings together things of her mother's past and Ooh. so on. Ooh. So I'm just thinking out loud, how many of you listening to this, can you imagine finding your mother's diary? When my mother died, I did find some writings, and it didn't reveal anything like your character has revealed, which is wild. But um, it, it is interesting to think about that. What a great road to, to go down in, in coming up with these stories. Where do you get your ideas? Uh, you know, I just, like I said, I got this program, and it was just so easy to use, and, you know, I was just trying to put myself into running, you know, running a bed and breakfast, and how it would, you know, how it would, would feel to do that, and I don't know, it just kind of came to me. I just started writing, and um, I thought, okay, I'm going to throw a diary in there. Let's, let's um, throw some twists to this story. I like it. And when people read this, when when uh, people are listening to this, they go and they uh, want to get into a good series and and some good novels, and they they read both of these books. What do you hope they take away? Well, you know, my stories are fiction, but for me, you know, they're true to life kind of stories. So I, I believe they're they're relatable. In other words, I think that they might be able to put themselves in the position of my characters. You know, and. Um, you know, I love writing the strong women characters. And so, you know, I would just hope that they would get lost into my stories and enjoy my stories, uh, you know, as much as I did um, enjoy writing them. You know, it's interesting. It's kind of a little family affair because your daughter and granddaughter and the cover, how'd that come about? Well, yeah, I um because of the story, it, they have a lot of fishing in my story. That's kind of like their pastime. And I had taken my daughter and granddaughter down to Fairmont Park and gave them fishing poles. And we took a, a bunch of pictures that day. And I went through the pictures and the pictures that I have on there, I thought, you know, this is the perfect Maggie and this is the perfect Tina. So, yeah, so it's kind of personal to me. It's funny you say that because if you if you um, read the book of scattered memories of Maggie's bed and breakfast story, the very first chapter, the new fishing spot. Right. Right. It's all about fishing for them. There's a problem. They're all going fishing. (laughs) That sounds good to me. Absolutely. Was it fun for you? Was it fun for you to write this? I mean, it's like a it's you're a daydreamer and you escape into this. Right. Right. Yeah, it really was. Like I said, when I first started writing it, this is actually, I'm um, redoing my story. So, you know, they were done like 10 years ago. And so I'm rebranding them now. But yeah, I I had a really good time writing it. But at the time, it was just going to be for me. And the covers were kind of plain, but they were personal because they were, you know, my daughter and my granddaughter. So, you know, and then after some time went by and I got a call saying, let's rebrand, I thought, yeah, why not share my stories? You know, yep. to the public. Yeah. So here I am. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it kind of reminds me, like, it makes me think of Hallmark. It makes me think of, uh, think of those kinds of stories, which couldn't be more popular. Can you, can you imagine if this, was, I don't know, somehow got picked up and it was on the screen? Oh, that, would, that would be a dream. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had, a, you know, I've had some people tell me, you know, your your book is so predictable. And I tell them, you know, but it's, it's like a Hallmark movie. I mean, the first 10 minutes, you kind of figure out who's going to, who's going to get together 
together, and at the end, they're going to fill it with a kiss, but it's the ride in between. So, yeah, I mean, if they want to pick this up as a Hallmark movie, that would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dreams can come true, that's for sure. And Dream, some of yours, that's it. That's yeah. what it's about, dream. dream yeah. pig. <laughs> and some of yours have definitely come true. Thank you so much for coming on. Again, you can get the books on uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Ava, what a delight to speak with you. You too. You have a great day. Well, I love these authors that we have on when they have some time and there's things that are they're, they're thinking about. And she talked about she does this program and then comes up with these ideas. And the book really is so well written. It's great storytelling. And it does pull you in. And, and so I'm not surprised in the comparisons to what the Hallmark movie or uh, some of those Netflix movies, what they do, how they take you with a really big, interesting beginning and then take you through the story. And I think you really are rooting for Maggie. That's what I would say. And the idea that in the second book that she finds the diary, wow, that's one of those moments, I think, that when people are going through their mother's things, their parents' things, and they come across something like that, it's uh, do you dare open it or what do you do? And she's got it there wrapped in the story. So well done. Thanks to Ava for coming on and all of you for listening to this hour of the show. Make it count, everybody. Hey guys, why settle for poor quality Pouty Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've been interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today.